that was a really nasty thing you said about someone. Or you could say, why did you feel the need to comment on that person? You know, one is one is pointing a finger and one is curious, opening up a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you can ask yourself a question, not questioning yourself, but if you can ask yourself a question, do I need to add fuel to this fire? Uh, and that's becoming mindful in a moment. So where can we start to look at that? That's an opportunity for you to say something in me doesn't feel right. And it's not wrong of me to have that feeling, but that feeling is based on my thoughts. And my thoughts are based on patterns of behavior that I've learned in my lifetime. Somebody could be very arrogant in their early years as a defense mechanism because they don't feel secure. So do you go around for the rest of your life thinking that person's arrogant? Or do you see that person acted arrogantly because they didn't feel secure, so they needed to prove themselves? Welcome to PMP, the Partners in Positivity podcast where Ashling Burnett and myself, Sarah Harty, warriors of EBP, SBP, DHBs, that's emotionally bulletproof, spiritually bulletproof, divine human beings, aim to wake up and shake up the nation through positivity, humour and shared wisdom. Today on the Irish and international stage of our PMP podcast, we listened to part two of a conversation we had with the wonderful Finbar McHugh, aka Finbar247. If you haven't yet, go back to episode 36, which is part one on generational change, accepting yourself and creating boundaries. And for now, we're going to continue to listen to a discussion we started on freedom. Freedom is, I want to work this way and another person might not understand that's okay. Freedom might be, I'm a parent and I have three children and I feel like I'm losing my sense of self. I need to ask for help and go away for two nights by myself. Does that make me a monster? No. That's recognising that if I give myself a bit of space, I can show up for my family and I can actually, you know, be there and and be wholehearted in everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because without, without recognising our own needs we become what we think we're meant to be and then we're teaching everyone around us that you have to do the same thing so you're the only one who can actually be honest about what you want and who you are and when you do that you teach everyone else that that's okay as well so freedom is really not judging other people for the way they are Mm -hmm. but allowing yourself to be who exactly who you want and understanding that that's going to change and while you might feel like you're this person now in five years you might be in a new version of yourself mm-hmm. and that that's okay and it's like and that everyone else is on that same journey somebody could be very arrogant in their early years as a defense mechanism because they don't feel secure so do you go around for the rest of your life thinking that person's arrogant or do you see that person acted arrogantly because they didn't feel secure so they needed to prove themselves and then you meet them 10 years later and you go oh you've changed or you've not changed either way you're still learning now yeah. it's my choice whether I want you in my space or not. That's yeah. me being, that's the freedom to choose how you live, whether you have that person in your environment. So freedom really is just to live and do as you please yeah. while not putting condition on anyone else or yourself. Yeah, and for me, I would live with a baseline for people of respect and dignity, regardless of where they're at in their life, what their background is, how they approach me and all this. Everyone is born equal in dignity and that's how it is, full stop. And I've always lived that way, but I'm having a memory now of my mother saying to me, like, meet people where they're at, just meet people where they're at. 
not if four or five people told you this person is not a nice person, but when they meet you, they could be different. So I remember it even feels like a paradigm shift for me now looking back because I remember the hearsay of maybe about a person and then I'd meet them and actually treated me very well or with respect and I liked the person. But then I'm grappling with, oh, but people told me this person is nice, so what do I do now? Yeah. You know, I've got two versions of the same person, right? Yeah. But I just, I think I always led with that from a young person. I'll meet people where they're at. There's going to be dignity. We're all human beings. Yeah. And I picture people sitting in a hospital bed, in a hospital bed, or I picture someone in a prison, or I picture someone in a different part of the world, growing up in a different family. And I'm like, okay, but we're still one thing. We're all human beings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like that a person you meet today that could be completely different in five years time yeah you know depending on what they're going through it's all perspective yeah you know if Mm. somebody tells you a bad story about someone then that's other people's relationship and everyone carries trauma everyone carries hurt everyone has defense mechanisms and it always takes two to tango so whatever someone else's story or narrative about another person another human being that's a perspective your own experience is your truth. And that person's experience was their truth. So you don't deny them that. But if you take it on, you're saying that your perspective is more valid than my truth. And then if I attach to that perspective, that means I feel like you're worth more and I'm worth less. And, I, and if we're conditioned from a young age to, to take other people's opinion as truth, which we all are as children, mm-hmm. then we learn to not trust ourselves. So then you're coming back to the inner relationship of lack of trust And so when you step into new situations, new environments, new relationships, you're really asking, do I trust myself to feel my own feelings Mm. and to allow this person to be themselves without taking on other people's opinions? And when we take on other people's opinions, it's because we're adding to the fact that we don't believe in ourselves. And so that's where there's room for healing because you're going, well, God, I can't have an intimate personal relationship with someone if I need someone else to tell me that it's okay every time I want to engage that's disconnect Mm. and and we grow up as children taking on our parents opinions or their opinions of other people or siblings or family and it's like and we're all invested in each other's lives and telling each other stories about what it is or what it should be and was like but is that the truth we're all human Mm -hmm. none of us are perfect we all have healing to do and it's like, and you're going to have a clash of personalities. Yeah. And it's like, and when you're clashing with someone, that means there's something in you that doesn't like something in them. So then what is it in you that's discomfort? Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't mean you have to have that person around you. If somebody annoys you, that's fair enough. But it means that if you're having a strong reaction, then you're becoming something that you don't like. Mm. And now if you're becoming that in a relationship, it's because there's something inside you that you're not honoring. So where can we start to look at that? That's an opportunity for you to say something in me doesn't feel right and it's not wrong of me to have that feeling, but that feeling is based on my thoughts and my thoughts are based on patterns of behavior that I've learned in my lifetime. Yeah. So how do I now allow myself to communicate or be open in a space without judging another person? Yeah. And it's like, that means I can accept them for who they are. Yeah. And for me, for me, listening to you, your grasp on this certainly comes from a very good foundation of awareness. And I think that's what we started the conversation with. How would people start down that path of becoming aware of their thoughts, feelings, emotions to be able to recognize that, OK, in that relationship, I'm showing up as this. In that relationship, I'm 
uh, the opposite or whatever it may yeah. be. So what's the stepping stones, the starting out point for that? Oh, that's such an important thing to learn, actually. And it's like, and it's not, it's not something that you can kind of tick a box, but you've nailed it on the head. It's like, who am I in this relationship and who am I in that relationship? So I would say it's like having many hats. And you're walking into the one where you're, you know, I'm this person with my family, I'm this person with my best friend, I'm this person with my relationship. Now, if there's a difference in all of those people, that means you're being who you think you're meant to be in those relationships. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm hanging out with my best friend and we're talking about sex, drugs, antics, you know, mad stuff, you know, <laughs> well, can I have that conversation with my parents, you know? And most people go, Jesus, no, I couldn't talk to my parents about that. Well, I do. They mightn't have been comfortable about it at times, but now we can all laugh at home. And it's like, I'm very lucky that we have a very open relationship at home. Now, my dad does kind of look sometimes going, why do you need to talk about these things? We know typical that look. <laughs> typical Irish family, you know? Yeah. But he's blessed with two daughters as well, so he's, he's going to have a lifetime of learning. <laughs> and, you know, if you choose not to be open then you're taking away their opportunity for learning as well. So when you choose to put on that mask of, oh yeah, everything's fine, I'm good, you know, there's no problems, I'm not going off the walls, I'm not doing all these things, then then you're telling them that it's all okay because you don't want them to be afraid or you don't want them to judge. And it's like, and so you're limiting their opportunity for growth. And that then is where you start to recognize that you're not being true. You're not being who you really are so that everyone else is okay. So it's like, you know, I talk to a lot of people maybe about intimate relationships and like sex with partners. It's like, well, who are you in that space? And, you know, a lot of people feel uncomfortable about talking about their true feelings because they don't know what they are. So they don't want to appear like they're a mess. So instead they attach to the, this identity that it's perfect and it's fine and so they project that and then the, the other person is left thinking well it must be fine because they won't tell me that something's not fine yeah or the partner isn't ready to hear or deal with that because they've got their own stuff to deal with and what happens then is if you choose to open up that other person might need time to process they might need to process differently to you they might need to talk to someone outside of your relationship or reflect in a way that serves them. Mm -hmm. And if you need them to answer to feel secure, then you're recognizing that you need them to make you feel okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's where you're in relationship. And we're all humans, so we're all in relationships. So everyone goes through this. It's natural. You know what I love as well is the word tact. Um, It's not really about... (laughs) It's not about what you're saying. It's about how you're saying it. Yeah. Exactly. You, you can trigger someone. You can say, that was a really nasty thing you said about someone. Or, or you could say, why did you feel the need to comment on that person? You know, one is, one is pointing a finger and one is curious opening up a conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, pointing finger brings up defense mechanisms and you go back into habitual behavior where people say that to feel secure versus allowing a person to answer the question without having an expectation of the answer means that that person is now asking themselves why did I do that Mm. and they might like that because they might like that they've been judgmental yeah but you're not judging them as well Mm. so you don't you don't copy them and do the same thing 
So you, everyone will notice that, you know, your family have defense mechanisms, your partners. It's yeah. And that specific thing, what you just said there about changing it from something pointing the finger to actually asking an, asking, asking an open question, I feel like that's a skill in and of itself to be able to do that. And we don't have a background of education in anything, emotional intelligence or communications really at all. To be able, the ability to be able to take a breath or take a second to ask the question and not revert to just pointing the finger. You know, how do we get that little breath in to pause well, you, and reframe? You've literally just said it there, taking a breath, which then comes back to awareness. It's like, like I do a lot of my learning through meditation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, to some people that looks like sitting down in a Zen space with incense and, you know, the, <laughs> with my legs crossed in ways that I can't even cross them, even if I'm doing yoga. You know, this idea of a person who's got inner peace whereby really meditation is allowing yourself to create space between the narrative and the ego identity you have and the the thoughts that you are attached to and the reality that you're in. And it's like, and with practice, you begin to create more and more space and allow yourself to become less reactive and allow another person to be themselves and for you to, to listen, to practice deep listening without creating thought about it so somebody says something and you go okay they've said that it's a judgment potentially or maybe they're feeling hurt so they've needed to let that out whatever they've done they've done now i can either choose to allow that to sit or i can add to it and it's like and if i add to it why am i adding to it and that's the space if you can ask yourself a question not questioning yourself but if you can ask yourself a question do I need to add fuel to this fire? Uh, and that's becoming mindful in a moment. It's like being in a grocery store and, and getting to the top of the queue and the person in front of you can't find their cash and you, you, ch- you choose to look at them and go, for fuck, you know, and it's nearly coming out of your mouth. You're like, why can't they get on with it? Or laugh and go, and that person's a bit scattered today, grand. My dad would always say, it always happens to me. It all, I always get the person at the top of the queue. And we go, yeah, you do, because you always look for them. You know what I mean? It's like, I like, we probably get them just as much, or maybe we are them. And it's like, but, but you're having a very strong reaction because you expect it to happen and you know you don't want it to, to happen. So, so that's the difference where you can create a bit of space and go, this is happening, but I don't have to give all of my energy to it and that's space and it's like i'm not going to put myself out for that other person's need yeah and that's a very conscious choice isn't it yeah i w- i want to ask this question now it's been on my mind so i did this course last year with a lady called alison armstrong and it's called understanding women and this thing about listening right how can you show up best to listen to somebody so she was saying with women, sometimes in their relationships, they just want they just want to pour their basket out. So it's like they say to the man, can you like hold my trash? Like, and she just goes on a big rant. She doesn't even really want them to answer. And that's done, right? He's just listening and everything's fine. Then there's like um, another way where she says, 
you know, you could be talking to a girlfriend and you're telling that girlfriend about like a grievance that happened or whatever. But she said some people need the person to agree with them and be like, no, that was really awful. I can understand why you feel like that. So how do you make that judgment about what you think the person might need? Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, like we've all been in those situations. And I suppose, you know, there's, there's not one human that hasn't judged another human, you know. And it's like, and no matter how much awareness you have, you can still judge. And it's like, and it, you, you catch yourself. And it's like, okay. In those situations, it's like, there's a third party that isn't in the room. And you're having a conversation with your friend or your partner. And, you, you know, your, par- your story about this, you're sharing this story. Do you have an expected result from sharing? Like, I had a friend once turn around to me. I don't need an answer to this. I just need you to hear me. Mm. I went, okay. I was like, that's fair. I'll listen. And I was like, but I'm not going to put myself out either. I was like, if you're emotionally dumping or offloading because you don't want to deal with something, that's, you know, that's yours to deal with. And it's my choice of whether I engage or not. And I, and I, and our I completely understood that she didn't need me to be problem solving. So often in relationships and friendships, your friend might feel of value by supporting you or giving you advice, whereby not giving an opinion sometimes is very caring and very healing and just letting someone talk. Mm. And it's like, but there's two involved here. So one friend, if they need to talk about something, you can start with, have you got the time, space, energy I would love to be able to share something with you that I'm working through. That's the first thing. So if you're respecting your friend, then you're setting the precedent for that and you're setting a boundary as well that you now know that if you give that to someone else that you would actually like that for yourself too rather than someone dumping on you. Mm-hmm. So asking that question is important. And then if your friend is listening and notices something, they could say, I'm... I've heard you talk about this maybe once or a few times. I'm just wondering, you know, would you like me to share some of the things that I've noticed? Now, a person could say no. And if they say no, then they don't want to know. And if they say, okay, then they're choosing to go into whatever that person is noticing and see how they feel about that. Now, that's a conscious choice to, to take on another person's perspective that will give you the opportunity to ask yourself a question of, well, maybe do I need to keep doing it this way? Especially when your friend keeps doing the same thing again and again and again. You're like, well, the only common factor in that is the fact that you keep repeating it. So what aren't you learning? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that's something that we all need in relationships where you respect your friend and you respect yourself. So anytime I'd have a very deep conversation with a friend or something, and say, do you, do you have the time and energy maybe to have a chat about something? And if that person doesn't have it right then, they'll say, not at the moment, but we'll call you later. Brilliant. But we all have a person who'll call us and just start talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, you'll never guess what happened today. And they don't often, those calls don't often come with really good news. It's always, something's happened. I can't process it and I need to offload because I'm not sure how to deal with it. And it's like, and then you're always going to have the one person in the family who gets it all. 
And maybe you listening are that person. <laughs> but also, yeah. we all do it too. Yeah, we do. So if you become conscious enough to kind of ask friends to, or family to maybe give, you know, ask if you have the time and energy to hear those things, you'll also see that when you do it to your friends and your family, that maybe you should ask. That's a little, that's creating a bit of space rather than an expectation that this person is just going to deal with this for me. And that's, that's the tiny step that can really start to build a foundation of respect and trust and, and, and without an expectation of a result. Because if you have an expectation of a result, then you have a narrative. And that's where you were talking about wanting people to agree with your story, to feel secure about it. And it's like, that's where that's an insecure thing to do. And it's like, because we're not trusting ourselves again. Yeah. She she calls it like rolling. You want someone to roll in it with you. And like uh, some some like women would need that because they need to feel validated. And then once they get that, then the healing happens and it's done. So it's different from listening. And um, the answer actually kind of came to me there as well while you were speaking um, if you're having a relationship where you can talk about these things you can be like this is what I need you to do right now will you Will you like I'm just going to pour this out or whatever and like you said ask if the person has time or yeah, you can communicate that it, it seems almost like very black and white when you say it like that but honestly most people don't have clear boundaries mm. and that's when people get annoyed because mm-hmm. someone will say something to you and then you're in the shower the next day replaying the conversation in your head annoyed and you're like why are you annoyed and why you why is your whole day or next morning affected by that because you didn't have a boundary and you didn't put it in place and it's like but then to realize that we do that to other people too yeah you know so when you yeah yeah you know what i think um would be good for this as well is so you've created the question opening question for the person that needs to express to ask permission and seek it yeah. in a polite, you know, uh, respectful way or whatever. But then what could the person who maybe doesn't have time to hear what you have to say, say in response to be equally respectful? Like, um, you know, something like, you know, at this moment in time, I don't have the energy to for that. Or like, what? how do you prepare the person who needs to create the boundaries? What I'm asking. Well, now that's a very interesting one. Because when you, when you have that person who doesn't have that time or energy, then you see where the imbalance in the relationship is, that they're the ones that keep taking it on for everyone. So when somebody starts to say, actually, I don't have the time, energy or space for that at the moment, and I mightn't do for a week, you know, or a month or a year, (laughs) (laughs) then that person is probably going to be annoyed because that person has been getting something and maybe not conscious of how much they're taking. And so when somebody starts to create boundaries and they've not had them, you're going to meet resistance. And the more you've been giving, the more resistance you meet because there's an expectation that you should be a certain way for me. This could be a mother and a daughter. This could be your best friend. This could be your partner. And it's like, what happens then is you start to be met with that person's need and you're suddenly going, oh my God, why are they getting so angry? And then you have a choice. Give in to their needs because they push more or kind of go, Oh, I start to see now why I didn't have as much time, energy or space because this person was really demanding. And you kind of go, okay, I'm not judging the person for doing that because it was my choice to continue allowing them to do it whether I was conscious of it or not. 
But now that I'm becoming aware of this feeling, I have an opportunity to change who I am in this relationship and potentially create a boundary that allows me to really enjoy that time with my friend, partner, sibling, you know. And it's like, and that then is when someone is honoring their truth, it allows the relationship to be authentic. And the other person has the opportunity to grow and re recognize then that they're gaining a lot, but also could be giving more. Yeah, that's brilliant. <sighs> so that brings to the end part two of a three-part conversation with Fimber. We hope you're going to join us next week where we wrap it up and we speak about self-soothing, space and sexual expression. We know that we can all get triggered at times and we had quite deep chats right there. So if you're one of those people who's feeling triggered now after this chat, you know all the ways that you normally self-soothe, whether it's talking to your friend, going for a walk, having a bath, having a cup of tea, doing a meditation, whatever it is. I hope you're going to mind yourself, look after yourself, give yourself the time that you need to process this. And thanks so much for being on this journey with us. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Partners in Positivity. I'm not sure if you found yourself in a situation like this before, guys, but for me, I certainly have. Have you been out on a night out and you were chatting to some beautiful soul that was just the best crack ever? And you were thinking, I can't let this person go home early. So what will I do? I'm going to buy them a drink. Yeah, keep them here for at least another half an hour. Perfect. So that's exactly what's happened with Partners in Positivity. Thanks to everyone who reached out to let us know that they'd love to donate to this positivity project of ours. So we set up a donation page. It's on ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash partners and positivity. And you can go there, have some fun looking at our page and drop us a few bob for a cup of coffee, a cup of tea or even a bottle of organic red wine. Or if you want to subscribe monthly, you can do that too. So love, love, love to get a big lump of cash in. Thanks for that. <laughs> and have a great week. <laughs> oh my God, amazing. And if you're on Instagram or Facebook, Spotify or Apple, you can follow us there. Subscribe on Apple. And you can actually just be like, oh my God, I need a bit of positivity in my life. Siri, find Partners in Positivity podcast. And it'll take you straight to the gals. And we love hearing what you have to say. All our lovely messages on Instagram and everything. Get on to us. We're sure to get back to you as soon as we can. And we're so looking forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks, Emil.